we were able to do so many things with that if you just got creative and were willing to risk your life a little bit <laughs> a little bit definitely a little more than a little bit but still a little just a little Welcome to this week's episode, the Casually Fit Life Podcast. Uh, Tyler Fisher here. Anthony Mobile. Yeah, and we've got a, uh, got a cool little lineup today. I like the, I like the theme of today's um, episode. So I think what we have up first off, we're doing a minimalist edition. So we're going to talk about your must needs, like if you, if you can... Uh, if you're going to construct a garage gym or your kitchen or whatever it might be, we're going to talk about the essential necessities for each of those. So I think we're going to talk first about the home gym and then we're going to go into the kitchen and Mm -hmm. then we're going to talk a little bit uh, at the end about some of our favorite cooking YouTube channels. So that'll be a good one if you're looking for some inspiration in the kitchen. Yeah. Great quarantine hobby, watching YouTube cooking videos. Yeah, or just watching YouTube in general and Period. half the day. <laughs> yeah. So I know um, I know I personally, so topic number one here with the home gym, minimalist edition, I have a little bit of a home gym that's at my mom's house when I was living with her. So all the stuff is still there. Um, I had experience at that home gym. What's that? I had some experience at that home gym as well. You had some experience at like the backyard um <laughs> we just, that was a, a true minimalist home gym yeah let's start there let's start there actually it's a great great place to start so when we started when you got me in the crossfit and we started doing it in our backyards 10 years ago what is it yeah, yeah 10 years ago we had i had a barbell with some weights that could probably go up to maybe it was like 295 or something in weights yep. And maybe there was a dumbbell involved somewhere. I don't think so. I think it was a kettlebell. Oh, a kettlebell. Okay. So and we, we had a kettlebell had, and a barbell. And a weighted vest. Okay. And that's it. That was it? <laughs> that's it. And how many, like, we were able to do so many things with that if you just got creative and were willing to risk your life a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Definitely a little more than a little bit, but still a little. Just a little. So the craziest thing I remember with that was when we would do back squats. <laughs> do you remember this? Yes. I remember we, doing it two different ways. The way I remember is we would have two of these old rickety wooden kitchen chairs. Yes. <laughs> and we would put them like back to back with enough space for you to like get in between. Yes. So put the barbell across the backs of these kitchen chairs and you had to like squat down to get them up out of there and then step back. And It's a half rep extra. Yeah, yeah, which is fine, but it was just, I didn't, I can't believe we trusted those chairs, to be honest with you. I would say that we didn't have a choice, but we definitely did. It was fine. The other way I remember is that we started there, and then we just threw on weights on the side, one side at a time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that was sketchy. Uh, It's not necessarily recommended, but no, we did work out that way with just those three pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. And then getting creative with some other stuff. Like I know we went for wall balls in CrossFit. You do these wall balls where you squat and throw the ball up. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have a medicine ball. So we put the weighted vest in a backpack and yep. did it that way, which is 
I, I thought that was pretty good. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah, it was great. And we did that for what? How many months do you think we did that? So our, our initial goal was to RX three workouts in a row. Yeah. And then we'd buy some CrossFit clothes. And uh, I don't know, probably about six or eight months. That's what I think too. I was going to say like six, seven, maybe eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we got it done. And like, we use metal plates, by the way, they were not bumper plates. Oh yeah. yeah. All metal, all metals, a lot of divots in the yard from dropping the bar. Yep. And when you don't want to drop a metal weight on your, on your friend's mom's garage, because you squat clean and fall, you like fall over slowly backwards. That's fun too. <laughs> Man. So and we did okay look we did pull-ups we used swing sets we used exactly. trees we used a clothes line yep a clothes like it, was, it had like a metal frame and then the wires are in between so we used the metal frame yes so that's what i was going to get at like with just those three pieces of equipment and then just being creative with where you're going to do a pull-up obviously push-ups you don't need anything sit-ups you don't need anything bear crawls, all that sort of stuff. Like we found burpees. We found a way to do a lot of different exercises and I think get in pretty good shape with just those three things. Yeah, definitely. Hill sprints. Hill sprints. You know, we didn't even do as many exercises as I would think of now, you know, now that I we're know. 10 years down the line, but like plate ground overhead, you could have done like single arm plate snatches or Turkish. We did Turkish get-ups with the barbell. Yeah. I mean, think about this. We could have pushed a car too. That's right. We didn't do that, you know? Like, no. So many options. Like, if you really are just looking to get in shape, it, you know, you're not trying to be a professional athlete or anything. You're just looking to stay fit. You can make it happen with next to nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, basically nothing. Right. Like, look at gymnasts. All those guys, they don't lift any weights. Yeah, all like the, and the, the calisthenics Ooh. thing has become like such a, a huge popular thing. What is it called? Like the bar something. There's like a popular one, like the bar Kings or bar stars. Bar stars. Yeah. 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 Those are like the prison, the prison workouts. Do you ever see those guys? Um, maybe, but they just I do park. Like yeah, yeah. Park calisthenic workouts. And these guys are massive. I bet it's pretty wild, but let's move on beyond the, um, the bare minimum <laughs> that we we're talking yeah. about the uh, bare minimum is literally what you can find laying around your house yeah that i call that the sketch let's call that the sketchy minimum that's the sketchy, sketchy minimum. minimum so that was the sketchy minimum what what do we got now that we're a little more sophisticated maybe we have a little bit of money to invest in a few things but nothing absurd so i had three things all right and a half thing so okay. how many was how what's on your list um, let me pick it. I think there was only like two or three things also. Let me see. Um, I would say, I, I would say two or three things on my list. So I had a pair of rings. Okay. Like it. With straps. I had a pair of dumbbells. Pair of dumbbells. Like it. And a, so you could do without it, but I think having a plyo box, something to jump or squat to, or do scaled pushups on. If you have nothing, just a big open space, and you have those three things, you're going to be able to do pretty much everything. Yeah, I really like what you got going on there. Um, I feel like that's the. Tr I feel like your list is truer to the minimalist idea than mine, um, because you could put all that in a car. Yeah, like in a, you know, two dumbbells and rings that takes up no space at all. Right. In a box, you know, you could 
get rid of the box if you want and just get a new box when you get there. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you have something to jump on or something that's higher, right. Cause I'm thinking single leg squats or handstand pushup scaling or box jumps. It sucks to do tuck jumps. You can totally do them, but it's way better to have that option. For sure. I agree. I like your- my, my like fourth ish option was a pair of good shoes because that is over definitely underrated. I would say that's a given. I think we need to, that, that should be a given. I wouldn't count that in the, uh, in the list, but okay. Yeah, I like it. That was my half, my half item. I like it. So my list, um, I'm thinking minimalist in terms of number of items, Yeah. but they don't fit in a car. Uh, <laughs> so like, the one thing I think is a great addition to your list would be a rower or a bike. One or yep. the other. You don't need both, but one or the other. Um, because your list doesn't have any cardio equipment in it. So I think one of those two pieces would be huge addition mm-hmm. to your list. So I like that combo. Um, and then I just, my personal bias, I just went with like a squat rack with weights. Um, obviously, that's that could take up a lot of space. But... Right you know, I'm thinking just these two things, you know, you've got a squat rack with weights and a rower. And like, yeah, that's perfect too. Cause the squat rack, you can do pull-ups on. There's a lot of different options. You can do pull-ups on it. And then with the barbell, obviously you can do any of those movements that you can think of. Uh, so yours, I like, I like yours a little bit better if I'm just going to be at my house. Same. But if I'm trying to move, move around, I'm going to go with the dumbbells and you could even ditch the box and the rings. And if you want to go just down to one, just a kettlebell, just a single kettlebell, and you can get strong as hell with a single kettlebell. Yeah, you could definitely, you could definitely um, be functional with one kettlebell for sure. I like, no, you're right. I like mine if I'm just setting up a garage or a basement at my house and I don't want to crush the bank and I don't feel like, you know, I don't need a legitimate gym. I just need to be able to work out myself. Then that would be perfect. Rower, squat rack, boom. So yours is more like the $2,000 range. That's probably where that, yeah. I mean, it might be a little more than that. Just because I'm thinking if you have nothing and you're trying to get all the weights too. Right. Right. But, um, but yeah. pounds, call that 300 bucks and a rower. That's like you buy used. That's like 11 or 1200. A bar is another like 250. Off. Yeah. So that's like 1500. And then the squat rack. So can you get a squat rack with a pull-up bar for under 500? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Buy on Amazon Prime so you don't have to pay for shipping. Yeah. I would I would probably budget three thousand if you didn't have any of it. But I have currently I have the bar and the rower actually. So mm-hmm. I would just need a squat rack. So that would be perfect. Um but if you're gonna move around or maybe you're in an apartment or something, yeah. You know, the the rings, the dumbbells, great combo. I like that. So when we used to do uh, program workouts at our gym, they used to break them down into six categories, push, pull, bend, twist, lunge, and squat, right? So what I tried to figure out is with my equipment, with that list, could I accomplish everything for upper and lower body? Yeah. So it's really, really hard to do upper body pulling without a pull-up mechanism. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal you can do upright rows you can do curls you can do bent over rows those kinds of things but i really think that the overhead pulling down motion gives you a lot of access 
to muscles that you couldn't otherwise hit. And you can do core work because you're hanging. Yeah. Leg raises, you know, you could do L-sits, uh, like toes to bar, all sorts of cool stuff like that. And you know what, just on that note, like sometimes rings seem a little, I mean, maybe not so much anymore, but they kind of were like intimidating piece of equipment, I think, for people because, I don't know, they just look like they're meant for muscle ups and that's it, kind of. But I, I like to think for, for somebody who's not into maybe, let's say, CrossFit or who mm -hmm. is intimidated maybe by the idea of rings, like what am I going to do with rings? I would just say you get a TRX instead. Yep. And those things are the same thing, essentially, right? They're based, they're almost exactly the same thing, but it's just a little more like, I don't know, friendly. friendly and it comes with a guide of exercises to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rings definitely don't do that, but a TRX system can be more expensive than just a set of gymnastics rings. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I, I don't know how much TRX costs, but I think rings are like 40 bucks maybe. Mm-hmm. So. with a set of straps that come with it and then all you need is a tree or a support beam yeah anything really one of my favorite exercises to do with uh for pulling would be those inverted rows oh yeah Those are my favorite you know put your feet up on a bench or a box or wherever just get parallel and pull up to your chest i love that anytime i've coached a class i'm like oh i'm gonna scale down from kipping pull-ups to ring rows i'm like bro you're scaling up. <laughs> yeah, I stopped calling them ring rows for people because in what I've, uh, ring rows were used as like a way to scale the muscle up originally or pull ups. And I think, I don't know, maybe this is just in our gym, but what you've seen is people oftentimes kipping those ring rows. Ah. Yeah, like using their hips to kip them and, and whatnot. So I stopped calling them ring rows because people, again, were thinking that they were easy. <laughs> and I was, I would try it first saying, well, then you must be doing them wrong. But mm -hmm. instead I just decided to call it a new movement, call it the inverted row. And I'll just <laughs> call it the thing that it's been called for like probably 50 years before the CrossFit ring row term. Hey man, sometimes it's about going back to the basics. I have a new invention. It's called the pull up. Hey, when everybody's out here pushing sleds, and you're just like, wait a second, didn't we invent the wheel like thousands of years ago? So we didn't have to do this. You're a genius at that point. That's all I'm trying to say. Going back to basics. Anyways, call it the inverted row. Yeah. That it's like the ring row, but I want you to keep your body real stiff. No bend at all. You know, strict pulling. Make it harder by putting your feet up on something. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh my God. These are super hard. <laughs> They're really hard. And then what you can do is uh, put your arms in like you're doing a ring row. You bring your elbows down and then you do like a bicep curl or you do a bicep curl from here with the rings. Oh man, it's super great. Mm. Give it a shot. I never did that one. I like it though. So I'm going to call level negative one. Just find shit that's laying around your house, pick it up and put it down. That, yeah, I like it. Negative one. That's negative one. Yeah, which you can get super fit from because people have been doing that for a long time. Pick up some rocks. At the end of the day, look, you can really just go for runs, mm -hmm. do push-ups, some bodyweight squats, and some sit-ups. Do you know the, the One Punch Man? Have you seen the anime One Punch Man? I haven't seen it, but I am familiar. Yeah. You know about the 10-kilometer uh, run, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats workout. 
I think I heard of that because of like something I read on Reddit one time. <laughs> probably, probably. You should definitely check the show out if you haven't. It's like a, a cliche and it's a satirical view on overpowered protagonists. It's Love definitely it. a fun watch. Love it. Um, so that would be bare minimum or negative one. And then one or zero, I'd say a kettlebell because that's you can just take that anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then level 1.5, level 2. Pair of dumbbells, a plyo box, and rings. If you need to ditch something, ditch the box. And then I like level three. And your level is legit pro. Barbell, bumper plates, squat rack, rower, or bike. I would say that's for someone who is a serious fitness enthusiast. Yeah. Who, who is like, they know what they're doing and they are they take fitness and like regimented training, you know, like putting like a, like you get on a squat program or something like that. Yep. If you're that type of person, then that's a good fit for you. Probably. If you're just a, I don't know. Um, I don't know how, how you would say like, just like a fitness junkie, I guess, or somebody, I think for some reason, I think of the person who likes to run like five K's or like tough mutters or something like, yeah then the dumbbell ring combination is a great like strength and conditioning component to your, to your running stuff, you know? Yeah. There was this really cool uh, book by a guy by the name of Ross Enemite. And he was basically that he was, he was talking about using ab rollers and different things like that, or just weighted vests to do, do really cool things, get really strong. Yeah. And yeah, so def- definitely check that one out. Um, is there anything you'd put in as an honorable mention? Like if you have an extra 50 bucks, what would you spend it on? Yeah, I was actually going to say like another thing, if I was going to buy just one thing and I wasn't worried about, you know, trying to get on a squat program per mm-hmm. se, just wanted to get like some gnarly workouts in, could maybe buy a, um, like a sandbag. Mm, good call. Yeah. The variable, like the uh, unstable nature of that. I love the odd, the fact that it's that odd object and you can adjust the amount of sand in there if you want to, to change the weights. So a lot of options with that. Yeah. I, I wanted to say jump rope initially, but it's really, really limited, really but they're specific. really cheap. Yeah. It's really specific, but it's also really cheap. So you might as well throw it in. Yeah. I mean, you were talking like under 10 bucks. Yeah, exactly. You could so. probably find one in a random garage or just like, Hey, do you have a jump rope I can have? Or, Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so cheap. It's hard to not have one. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, I'm sure you could, you could, you could argue for days, whether you think you should get a dumbbell or a kettlebell or the sandbag. Like, I mean, maybe that, maybe the sandbag is a little different, but you know, there's with one piece of equipment, you could accomplish so much. So. Yeah. I would say that if you can afford a pair of dumbbells instead of a kettlebell, get a pair. I would say have a pair of fifties. Now you have a 25 or a pair of 50s. Right. But I, I feel like that kind of lends itself to who you are. You know, like, again, going back to this idea of somebody who's looking to do a regimented strength program or somebody who's just looking for like, you know, classic functions. Yeah, classic functional fitness workouts where you, because you can do a lot of awkward, weird shit with a kettlebell that. Like a primal swolger, you know that guy? I feel like I've heard of it but I'm not sure. He's on Instagram. He just does, he usually does something with a kettlebell or body weight and it's just a three to five movement pattern. Okay. And then you just switch hands and do it on the other side. It's like a lunge, knee raise, twist, twist, RDL. And you're going to be, 
super functional and and fit and healthy, but you're not going to be PRing your back squat or like or deadlifting 500 pounds or whatever off of that, you know. So it just depends on what those goals are. At this yeah, that- point in my life, I I would probably not take the dumbbells just because I don't feel like I would I would be more attracted to the sandbag at this point in my life or the kettlebell. Yeah, just we've done a lot of straight bar training already. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Anything else you want to throw in before we move on? No, I like that. Uh, I like that minimalist thing. And maybe some someday we'll do like an Amazon walkthrough or like an eBay walkthrough. Prices are crazy right now for at-home fitness stuff. Yeah. But when things go back to reality, you know, it'd be a cool video to put together because you really can do it for under a couple hundred bucks. And then you can find free programs on like bodybuilding.com or like T Nation. And they're super, super easy. Yep. Exactly. I like it. I like the minimalist gym at home. Cool. Perfect. So what else do you got at home that you could be a minimalist at? We already mentioned it. Go into the kitchen now. Because nutrition is the base of the health pyramid and exercise is above that. Right. So what's even more important is the kitchen. Um, I'm not going to lie. You are 100% about to carry us through this one because my cooking game is pretty shitty (laughs) so okay so let's i have my list here and i'm sure you have yours i want to talk about tools and a pantry but i want to know what you use every day when you cook every day when i cook i have so the one thing that i put on my list which seems like an obvious one but i kind of feel strongly about it Mm -hmm. is I would say a medium size, or maybe it's just like the standard size, but it can't be too small. Um, cast iron skillet. Yes. Yep. That was on my list. Okay, cool. So it, it seems like obvious to me, like obviously you need a frying pan, but I'm saying like a, at least a medium size cast iron skillet because I cook literally everything in that. Yeah. I don't go into this, into the oven. I don't pull out a bunch of fancy pots and pans like, more or less, I cook everything in that. So on, on Amazon, and the one that I literally have is the Lodge cast iron Dutch oven. It's a two-piece. Okay, perfect. It, the top one is about the size of a frying pan, maybe an inch thick. And then the other one's like three inches thick, and you, they just go together. And it was honestly $30, and I have not replaced it, and I never will. Perfect. And what so, am I going to do, break it? Right, I know, right? So I use that and like, you know, rubber spatula that, that I use to like mix stuff around in there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, I had silicone versus wood. So what else? We'll go through the rest of your list here. Silicone versus wood what? Spatula. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. I would say silicone. What would you say? This is like, it goes back to the jump rope. Both are so cheap. Right. But this is minimalist. Yeah. So I got to go with, I got to go with wood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess you could probably do more with wood. You can physically scrape a pan. Exactly. You can't do that with a rubber one, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on what you're cooking there. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have the silicone, uh, the silicone spatula. We have the cast iron skillet. Yeah. What else is on that list? That's pretty much all that's on my list. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. And I'm sure that you have one 
A knife and a cutting board. Knife for sure. I mean, I have a cutting board. I don't find myself using it that much, to be honest with you. But what do you cut on? Um, so I eat a lot of rice and beans and pre-cut chicken, <laughs> like ah. pre-cut. Got it. Bag, or I'll eat fish. I have fish the other day. You don't really need to cut that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what I put down on this list is a couple, three couplets, if you okay. will, three couplets. So the first was a chef's knife and a big and heavy cutting board. The bigger and heavier, the better, I promise you. I think you need, we'll talk about this in a second when I talk about YouTube, but I think you need the cutting board and maybe you have this, that's big enough where you leave it out all the time. You just kind of clean it off, but you leave it out because there's no point in trying to put it in storage because it's so big. Yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, So if you have butcher block countertops, you don't even need that because you have a countertop. There you go. But please, for the love of God, don't cut on anything that's not a cutting board. And glass cutting boards are the worst. Get a wood one. Glass cutting boards? They're ancient, but they're out there. They're like ceramic or glass. Oh, like a ceramic. I think I've seen ceramic ones. Yeah, Yeah, don't. Just don't do that. All right. Uh, Okay, so a chef's knife, the question of which one doesn't matter. Okay. If you take it to a place to get sharpened for $15, it will come back and cut a piece of paper, and that is sharp enough. And I would recommend something around eight eight inches, and the heavier the knife, usually the better if you're a beginner too, because you can feel the knife in your hand, and you can feel the tilt and the angle, and you can grab the handle. So you got a knife and a cutting board. Um, I have this cutting board by the OCD chef and it has a grid and it has like a, uh, a few different angles and some different types of cuts. So if I want to work on my cutting skills, you know, I can just follow the ruler. I can make a 30 degree cut. I can Julienne or I can do, you know, different kinds of cuts that has, it has a template on it. So it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's a little small. And I leave it on top of my toaster and it fits exactly on top of my four piece toaster. And then I just pull it down and I don't cut any meat on it, just vegetables and grain. And yeah, I guess that's it. Is there a reasoning to not cutting the meat on there? So I don't like cutting meat on wood because the wood absorbs Yeah, some of the juices. Interesting. They would probably tell me that it's fine and just wash it, but. That's what I would tell you too, but. Yeah. So then, so the first category is a knife and uh, a cutting board. The second, I had a cast iron skillet as my number one. And then as my number two option, it was a stainless steel pan or number three would be a nonstick. Yeah, I do like nonsticks. I'm a huge fan of nonsticks. Which one do you have? Oh, I don't know. It's just some, it's just a nonstick pan from the store. I don't, I don't really know. Is it a ceramic? Is it a green, like a Teflon, a T-fall? No, it's not that. It's a. Uh, it's. I think it's like one of those stone ones. You ever heard of? Oh that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's like the popular brand one, but it's something like that, um, which is it's been great. Mm-hmm. But it's small. It's a small one, so it doesn't do. It's kind of rough if you're. You can barely fit like five eggs in there at max. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the regular person is also eating five eggs because that's how you should do breakfast. Yeah, hundred percent. So there's this one called, I believe it's called the green, the green skillet. Yeah. And that one works really well. 
familiar with that one. Um, so stainless steel sucks if you're not willing to learn to use it, just like cast iron. Yeah, that sounds horrible. I don't want to. So when you put a piece of chicken on, if you try and pull it up right away, it will stick completely to the stainless steel skillet. Mm. If you let it cook the right amount of time, it comes up super easily, and then you just flip it. So you have to like actually pay attention versus something like a T fall or a nonstick. You just slide it around the pan the whole time. Yeah. I don't like to pay attention when I'm cooking. Mm. It doesn't take too much to learn it, but you have to pay attention at the beginning. Otherwise you're like, wow, literally everything sticks to a stainless steel pan. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining in my mind right now is everything. Do you cook eggs in a cast iron skillet? I have, um, not always. I mean, if I'm just cooking eggs, I'll pull out the nonstick. Mm -hmm. So cooking, I pretty much only cook eggs on a nonstick. Yeah, yeah. It, only if I were cooking, like, you know, I was heating up my chicken and rice and beans in the in the uh, skillet. And if I wanted eggs also, mm -hmm. I wouldn't get a new pan out. I'd just make it work. That's a secret life pro tip we got there. Instead of throwing stuff in the microwave, throw it in the skillet for like two minutes way better that's like my whole life <laughs> it's so but much better I thought, I thought that was cooking that's not yeah cooking. people microwave it but you know you make it in a big batch and you put it in the fridge and instead of just throwing it in the microwave you get a little like uh, that caramelization that's what that I do. yeah it's so much better 100 percent. yeah so then i had so a pan cast iron's nice because it's super cheap and it's heavy and it holds a lot of heat and you can have a bowl or you can have a pan. Then the third one was a stock pot and a silicone spatula or a wood spatula. That's your choice. Nice. You got to be able to make pot? some soup. I'm sorry. What's a stock pot? Think of what you'd make, what you'd boil rice in. Oh, uh, okay. I just use a pot, like a regular pot. With like a handle to the side? Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm talking minimalist, the stock pot's eight quarts handle on each side with a lid it doesn't even need to have that fancy strainer thing because i literally never use that ever gotcha but it's nice because you can take bones put them in the stock pot boil water add salt and then you have stock hmm. to save some waste yeah and that's like super rich in gelatin or it basically turns into like jello but it's savory savory jello hmm. that's it's intriguing. Yeah, that's your collagen, right? So it's good for you. So now that you got your tools, we got the pantry. So what's your most used seasoning? Oh, seasoning. I love it. I, did, I only thought of tools when I heard this topic. I didn't even think of seasoning. I mean, most used mm -hmm. is going to be salt for sure. What kind of salt do you buy? I typically just buy like the, the standard, like, you know, in the blue bottle, iodized salt. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm feeling fancy, I'll get like that pink salt, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I want you to buy neither one of those. And then I want you to get kosher salt. Okay. It's usually in a red box. Like it. So kosher salt is coarser and slightly bigger, but not quite as big as that pink salt usually. Okay. Now, the cool thing about it being coarser is that it's gentler on the flavor, so you can add more salt and I'm the in. impact, what? I'm in. Yeah, it's and the impact is, is slower, so you have more fine control over the level of salt. 
Like as soon as you pour that iodized salt in, they're so small, it gets in every crack and crevice of the food. That's right. I do like when I, the reason why I like the pink salt is not because of anything, like not because it's pink or I heard or read anything. I just like to be able to grind it. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like I like how that it's freshly like ground onto it. I like that. I don't know if yeah. it makes a difference in the flavor or not. Yeah, it makes no difference. But I just like that. I feel like I have more control. Yeah. So what I would recommend too is a pinch bowl. So just pour a bunch of salt in a bowl and just leave it next to your kitchen area and you will be a better cook immediately. I promise. Well, again, going back to my my guy I'm going to bring up on YouTube, he preaches the, the pre-mixed um, kosher salt and pepper. Oh, really? In a bowl like that. Yep. Okay. That's interesting too. So the second one was whole black peppercorn because this one makes a difference if it's fresh cracked for sure. Yep. And that's so funny because this guy, he also does that too. He, he like every video he's either doing freshly uh, ground black pepper where he'll do it mm -hmm. or he's doing the pre-mixed kosher salt and pepper. Nice. Or the other. Yeah. So I will warn you, it is way pepperier when you freshly grind it in. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah. Way, way pepperier or spicier. Yeah. But you can also cook with whole peppercorns too. And then it makes a nice addition to the flavor. It gives you a little texture. So after those two, do you have like a couple go-tos from there? Yeah, a couple popped up as you, since you uh, mentioned um, just the, the seasonings. My favorite seasoning for meat is Montreal Ooh. chicken or steak, obviously whichever one you're using. I don't think it really matters. Nice. But if I'm cooking chicken, I'll buy the chicken kind, but I, you can interchange them, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't matter. But I love uh, that on, on my chicken, so good. Do you know what's in it? I have no idea what's in it, never looked. I was just like, this tastes great. <laughs> so have you ever had that? Yeah, it's delicious. So I like that. And then the other one I would add, I mean, now you just go, got me going down the, the rabbit hole here with yeah. condiments and stuff. Cause I was going to say some sweet baby rays. Those are two things that we don't keep in our house. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the last couple of times we made pulled pork, you know, we use sweet baby rays and it's just like a little too soggy. Uh, I'm a big fan. I dip, I dip into it. You That's know, a solid move. I always put it on the side of the plate and dip in. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Sweet Baby Ray's is exceptional and delicious. Yeah. And barbecue sauce is a hard flavor to get right. Yeah, and they have different options. Like there's their Sweet Vidalia Onion, I believe, is the one I like. It's so good. Nice. So good. So you're basically having uh, my next ingredient with sugar. So you should keep salt, pepper, and sugar. Okay. And then I also put flour, mm. which if you want to make your own pasta, it's literally 10 times better than whatever you buy at the store. I promise. Even if you mess it up. I believe you, but I'm not a pasta guy. Like I, it's so much work. It sounds like a lot of work. Like a ridiculous amount. Yeah. So you could just buy rice. I had rice or pasta, either one. Yeah. I like the rice option. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm prone to eating rice over pasta anyway. And then I had canned tomatoes. They're super cheap or, and or beans. Yeah, I do the beans, yep. And then olive oil and then for your spices, just buy whatever you like. Yeah, 
I don't go beyond the salt and pepper in the Montreal steak. Like that's a lie. That's a lie. Two other garlic, garlic powder. Love it. Paprika? No, I don't do paprika. Garlic powder, and then I'll do onion powder. Oh, nice, nice. Onion powder. I mean, obviously you can just use an onion, mm-hmm. but the onion powder. Um, I don't know what it is. It does have a slightly different flavor to it. Maybe just the fact that it's a powder dried and everything. I don't know. But it's also easier too. Yeah. So like if you're going to outfit your pantry, salt, pepper, sugar, rice, or flour, canned tomatoes and beans, because I know you eat a lot of beans. And then you need some oil. Olive oil is like one of the easiest oils to cook with. And it's not that unhealthy for you. Yeah. And then from there, I would say pick a recipe and then buy the spices that you need because they can be really expensive. They can, but you know, you buy it once a month, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But, um, interesting. I would add a couple more things. Give it to me. Mustard. Some oh, sort of- Mustard's a great, great one. Yeah. Some sort of mustard. It could just be yellow mustard or if you like to get, you know, fancy and go with some of the other ones, go for it. Poupon. Yeah. See, I typically just go for the yellow mustard because I never know what kind of feeling I'm going to be in, you know, like what kind of mood mm-hmm. I'm going to be in. Yeah. The spicy brown and stuff like that. I only like that sometimes, you know? So I typically just go with the yellow. And mustard is literally zero calories. It literally zero calories. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why I try to opt for mustard over barbecue sauce sometimes just because of that. Um, but, you know, sometimes other times I'm like, ah, what's 80 calories? <laughs> well, or if you're only eating two tablespoons of it. Yeah, exactly. And not two tables of it. <laughs> two tables. But, uh, and then the other thing I would add, um, well, way I said the onion powder or the onion, but the other thing I would add would be pickles. Yeah, that's awesome too. So I, I didn't think about it and I'm going to add vinegar to my list. Mm, nice. I'm going to add red wine vinegar because it has more of a flavor than just white vinegar. Okay. I like it. Yeah. And then one more, I got to say one more too. Bring it on. Because you mentioned the olive oil. I 95% of the time I cook with butter. Yeah. So like, I don't use oil. Like I used oil last night, ironically enough, but it had to be like the first time I used it in months probably. Um, because otherwise I just cook with butter all the time. I just didn't want to open a whole new packet of butter because I just finished a packet. So I was like, ah, let's just use the oil. But yeah, so the only reason we don't cook with butter all the time is because it's cost prohibitive. Mm, okay, see, I, I, I guess I never paid attention. The olive oil lasts longer, it, it goes further. Well, usually when we cook our vegetables, we're cooking two pounds of Brussels sprouts and five pounds or three pounds of broccoli. And that would be an embarrassingly large amount of delicious butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just pour olive oil or we'll melt some coconut oil. Cause I mean, they're not, none of them are cheap really. And you don't really want to super cheap out. Cause then you're just getting poor quality butter and you might as well be eating like, you know, potato chips and ice cream. <laughs> also not a bad thing either, but yeah. So we cook it a lot and you throw it over and it's liquid at room temperature. Unlike butter. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Awesome. We miss anything. So what we should definitely do is like a couple staple recipes at some point. 
of how to improve your cooking skills because I don't know about you, but I cook about the same five recipes all the time. I cook about the same like one or two recipes all the time. So, but maybe that would be good. Maybe that would be good because maybe somebody's listening and they want like a, like a no brainer sort of option -hmm. that they can just rely on, you know? So if you want to learn some more, I would buy Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Chef. And there are a lot of really cool stepwise approaches to learning how to cook. And he even has outlined of the basics, but his basics are more advanced than mine. And it's like three groupings of recipes that you're supposed to do one every week to teach you a different skill in cooking. I like it. Yeah, and it tells you that the uh, there's like a midterm and a final and it's hosted dinner party. Oh, there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I also, I just like hate cooking pretty much. So, but maybe that would, maybe if I'm better at it, that would make me like it more. Just throw a pinch bowl of salt next to your stove and now you're a better cook. Perfect. Love it. Okay. So on the topic of cooking, then let's go on to, we decided to bring up our favorite YouTube cooking channels. Yes. Um, I have... I watched like three, I think three or four, maybe on like a semi-regular basis, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to go with just one basically. Um, and so I don't know how many you have on your list. Do you have one or do you have multiple? Uh, I have a bunch of different ones. Okay. Um, Under different categories too. Okay. Well then maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have ones that pair up with your categories. So maybe I'll mention a couple other, but the one I was going to go with off the bat is one that I talked to you about was uh, Sam, the cooking guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of his channel. Um, it's not, you know, if you're looking for, this is a, obviously a fitness themed podcast. It's not necessarily in that realm, but there are certain recipes on there that you could make healthy but either way i just love the channel because it's so engaging to me just like yeah the way his personality and just the way they edit the videos just it's engaging it gets me interested in what's going on and it even makes me say like oh i'm gonna try cooking that even though i hate cooking you know what i mean so yeah we uh the carne asada was the one that really got me over to him because he just had this big slab of meat and he marinated it and his kitchen setup outside is so cool. It's so legit. So legit. So I highly recommend that you're, you're recommending the carne asada episode. Um, honestly, I would recommend, I, I recommend all of them except for there was this one that they put out recently where um, I guess they were trying a new creative approach. <laughs> And it was inspired by a Seinfeld episode that apparently I've never seen, but apparently the episode like goes in reverse order through time. Like it starts with the end of the episode and then progresses to the beginning of the episode. And it's like a clockwork orange or a, or a memento. That's it. But uh, the thing about that is when you're telling a story, there's a, there's a key there's a key piece of information that you're probably missing that gives you the light bulb moment or the aha when you see it. And if that's at the beginning, then you can do that. But with a cooking channel, the payoff is at the end all the time. The payoff is the end result. And so when you start with that, it's not, doesn't really work. So that episode was horrible. I believe it was a prime rib maybe. 
I believe, I can't remember, but don't watch that one. Watch any of the other episodes and you'll love it. Yeah, the Carne Asada one is great. And then he did uh, like a couple Munchie episodes. They made me laugh. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, he, so I don't know how deep you've gone into him, but he owns a taco shop in San Diego. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he owns a taco shop in San Diego. And so like some, every now and then he'll do like these taco videos and they're, they look so good. I think tacos are my favorite food of all time. They might. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'm not going to think too, too much about it. I'll just agree because Mm -hmm. they're so great. Sushi would be like a close second, but I could eat more tacos than I could eat sushi without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And you could just put anything in a taco. (laughs) We do it all the time. Just whatever. What's left over. Chop it up, put some onions, some cotija cheese, a little cilantro and some like tomato done taco taco doesn't matter what it is just are you a corn or a flour tortilla guy i always get confused with this one because i know i prefer one of them and i always when somebody asks me i always mess it up i feel like i feel like i like the corn ones which ones are the ones that like when they're soft they're like this weird rubbery texture is that the corn one i don't know if that i don't know all right, if I go to Chipotle, what kind of tortilla do they give me? Flour. Okay, that's the kind I like. That's the kind you like. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's the kind I like, though. Yeah. Whether they're big or small, I like that kind. Yeah, I used to think, like, oh, I just need bigger and bigger and bigger shells. And then I realized that I was just making a burrito, but I wanted a taco. So now instead of like, we've gotten the smaller ones and they're way better because now I have three tacos and it's super easy to handle that. Three tacos is like the perfect meal all the time. I will say this though, side note, it is a pet peeve of mine when people make food that's not easy to eat. And so overstuffing the taco is a pet peeve of mine. Just have more, just have more taco. Yeah, just more tacos is fine. So on one hand, when you go to a restaurant and a taco is like three bucks, I'm like, cool. And they bring it over to me and it falls apart. I'm like, okay, it was worth the three bucks. But if I pay three bucks for a taco and there's like nothing in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little picky. The price and the amount and the, the ease of consumption. It's the perfect delta of the taco. I agree. I agree. Price is a factor for sure. Four bucks for a taco or like 450. I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. There's this place like, right, like not even like a two minute walk down the road here called Buena Vista. And it's a, they have these three taco combo. Their chorizo tacos are out of this world. They're so good. So what we made chorizo before. So we took a taco or uh, we took a sausage and we took the skin off and it shrinks down so much. I was so sad, but chorizo is delicious. It was so good. But anyways, what, what, give me your channel. Let me hear a channel. So I have a lot of channels here. I have a lot. Let's go with one. I don't know. So if I had to pick my number one, it's probably the most popular YouTube channel that does cooking. That is just a person and not the food network. So it's binging with Babish. Yes. That's the one you sent me before. I remember Mm -hmm. that's a great one. Yep. Andrew Ray, he makes, he started making recipes from TV shows and other forms of media. 
So like the Krabby Patty, where it was one of his first huge episodes. So he got pretty popular from doing that. And then he did a Basics with Babish series where he's teaching you how to cook progressively through more and more difficult recipes. He's gotten, he just recently expanded from binging with, with Babish to the Babish culinary universe. Mm. And he hired this young woman who specializes in dessert. Very nice. Yes. And I'm not really a dessert person and I'm, and I'm going to give her a chance, but it's not really working for me. Mm. Okay. But I have noticed that I don't really have any diversity in my YouTube cooking channels at all. Basically. Well, I guess not quite. What do you mean by diversity? They're just white guys. Okay. I don't know if that's a thing, but I realized that there are definitely more better ethnic chefs than there are like good white guy chefs. Yeah, probably. Like a historic white person trope is like, yeah, your cooking sucks. That is like, yeah, that's the stereotype, right? Yeah, yeah. And I totally feel that. I've lived that. I am that. (laughs) (laughs) I am that. I am that. So um, in my classic white guy cooking show, I like Joshua Weissman too. Okay. And their two videos are really similar. Um, Babish does a good job of walking you through the recipe and he narrates over top while he shows you the steps. And then you have Joshua Weissman, who was a professional chef where Babish or Andrew Ray never had any formal training, period. Okay. So this guy does a couple of different ones. He does the Butt Better series. So he'll get KFC wings. Seen that. Seen that. Yeah. And then he'll make his own version and compare them. And of course, it's cheaper and better to make your own. Um, and then he does Butt Cheaper. You know, you have the steak recipe that you get at a restaurant, and then he'll cut the the price in half or make double or triple or quadruple the amount for the same price. So he's fun to watch too. And then actually I have this other book called the food lab written by J Kenji Lopez alt. And he is, his parents were like scientists and chemists and he became a food scientist after going to MIT. All right. Can we stop there for a sec? How do you feel about food scientists? The three Michelin star restaurant, Alinea, which is a restaurant known for its food science, is eight hours away from where I live. And I am happy to pay the $350 to go to dinner there. Wow. Okay. Happily. I find food science, I feel like it is a bit of a sham. Give me more. Give me more. There's this... I forget what channel it is, but one of these YouTube channels, it's like, maybe it's tasty or something like that, where they do this um, three levels of whatever it is. So like three. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Like scrambled eggs is one of the episodes. And then it just has somebody who doesn't really know anything. Uh, They're just like cooking at their house, basically. Somebody who might is like a cooking enthusiast is level two. Mm -hmm. And then like professional chef is level three. And they all cook their version of the thing. Um, And then at the end of food sciences breaks it down. And it just, it seems like a bunch of, not not 100% BS, but just it seems like you're looking for ways to, almost like a, how do you say the word of the people who are really good at like wine, sommelier, sommelier. Yeah, sommelier, yeah. Whatever. 
like those people, like there's something to it. They know something for sure. But there's some bullshit. But there's some bullshit there and they're just trying to justify their jobs also. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. So I think food is one of those things where like we've already done it without the science and we keep getting better without the science. And these people are just telling us why wow. we like it. Why? I don't need to know that. Right. But when you said food science, I was thinking of, I'm going to turn watermelon into salmon. Is that a I thing? Mean, yes. Like, like liquid. What? <laughs> like an alchemist? Y yeah. So they like do all these crazy chemical things to these foods and they turn them into literally something else. So it tastes like something else or so it like. So, it, I mean, you eat it and you're told that it's salmon, but you watch them make it from a watermelon. You feel like it, it feels like salmon, it tastes like salmon, it smells like salmon. Yep, but it's watermelon. Gotcha, okay. I mean, maybe that all is in the same category of food science, right? Yeah. So definitely look, check out Alinea. There's a documentary on, on Netflix, and the guy who founded it got mouth cancer, and he couldn't taste. Mm. And his restaurant still got three Michelin stars. That's crazy. Yeah. So those are like my three food ones. Um, Babish and Weissman's recipes are like relatively easy. Babish, I would say, are easier. Weissman's are harder. And then Jake Henji Lopez, all his recipes are, are definitely time consuming. So if you're going to do them, they taste really good. But I wouldn't try a new recipe when you have a timeline. Okay. You know, I'm not going to have people over and cause I cooked his potato recipe and you bake potatoes and they're super crispy and crunchy, but you cut them, boil them first, then you shake them around. So they get like damaged and then you put them on a tray and then you bake them again. The first time took like three hours to do these mm. potatoes. They but good though. Yeah. They were amazing actually. I love it. I love like when you make French fries or something like that, mm. like double fry is, yep. it is game changer. So I'll, I'll say, I'll mention two more channels. Um, just honorable mentions, I guess. Uh, one is called healthy junk food. Nice. And um, it's not healthy at all. It's not, I don't know why they call it that, but it's not. Um, but it's actually spelled H-E-L-L-T-H-Y. So it's not spelled like healthy, but healthy junk food. And, um, and so it, it's like this couple that's like, uh, I guess they're just fiancés. I don't know, but they cook out of their apartment and they just make fun recipes. They're just fun. It's not like, it's not very practical sometimes. Sometimes they'll go ahead and they'll try and make like, you know, like a big version of a KFC uh, chicken tender, but like a big. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now giant food yeah they'll do like the giant food stuff um so again not necessarily practical but fun and for someone like me who doesn't like cooking it could be a way to get you in the door you know mm -hmm. um so that's one and then the other one uh isn't cooking but eating something i'm into uh, matt stoney i don't know if you're familiar with him no competitive eater on youtube Ah, he does just really sit, the videos are straightforward. It's just him taking on a challenge of the day, whatever it is. And it's absurd. 
I Googled his name and one of the five pictures that showed up had him with like a bunch of hot dogs sticking out of his mouth. I believe it. Yep. He did this one like the other day recently. Have you ever heard of thick water? No. Neither did I until I read this, but apparently it's a whole thing. Um, or sorry, watched this. Uh, but thick water is this water that is for people who have trouble swallowing. I don't know. Oh, I've never even. Uh, heard yes. All right. Yes. Sounds like you might know about this because I've never heard of this. But apparently, it's like what it is. It's thick water, like viscous water. I don't know what they put in it. But um, he he did a challenge where it was like a two liter chug challenge of that. Oh God. It was so gross, but I think he did it in eleven seconds. Oh no! <laughs> Two liters. He's yeah. sucking it down. It was pretty wild. Yeah. Yes, I'm familiar with this because um, I lived with a, a grandparent for a little while, and she would put thicket mm. in okay. her things. Very uh, creative name, but yeah, yeah. It's and xanthan gum. That's mostly what it is. For like, what is the problem again? Like, I don't really understand what, what it's for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but for some reason, swallowing food is easier than swallowing water. Oh, okay. Didn't so know. they're turning it into a jello or, a, yeah, basically, so you can swallow it. Oh, okay. Interesting. I guess maybe that happens as you get older or maybe just have like some sort of condition yeah think like stroke or someone who would see a speech therapist for because it's not working correctly period gotcha interesting so those are good honorable mentions and i never heard of any of them yes yeah, so check them out healthy junk food for some fun cooking um creative ideas i guess and then matt stoney for some ridiculous and absurd challenges sometimes we'll do like ten thousand, twelve thousand calories in like you know half hour or something like that Oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my honorable mentions would be you suck at cooking. All right. I love it. Because the, the, the premise of them, they're short, they're sweet, and he's not doing anything seriously, but he's actually cooking the food in front of you, but he has funny names for all the food. And, you know, it's, he also wrote a book too. Nice. But he caught my attention for probably like a good five hours. And then Uncle Roger... Have you seen the Uncle Roger videos? No. This Asian gentleman watches videos of professional chefs cooking rice or fried rice, and he just critiques them. Just rice? Uh, well, it's like fried rice. Okay. But the way that he ripped apart Gordon Ramsay was pretty funny. If you've seen one or two, like you've seen them all, all that's all you need to see. Love it. But he did crack me up the first time I heard him talking about it. Do you remember the first YouTube cooking channel? I'm going to say it was the first ever. The first YouTube cooking channel ever. It might have even predated YouTube. Hmm. So you had the Food Network, right? And yeah. that's when everyone still had dial-up internet. It's not yeah. worth watching videos with dial-up. Right. I don't know. What was it? Do you remember the name Harley Morstein? Morstein? I don't know. I don't know if I'm being incepted right now. Epic mealtime. Epic mealtime. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm familiar. Bacon weave and a bacon weave and bacon weave and bacon weave. They probably were the first big YouTube cooking channel, period. That was probably them. 
I'm gonna say he was on like Ebom's world before that YouTube even existed. Crazy. Crazy that there used to be other places you would go to watch videos. Because there wasn't YouTube. Yeah. But now there's nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I know, I know. But yeah, I love me some cooking shows. I love that Netflix is embracing it. I think they're going a little too far. Yeah, I think we watched one. Um, what is it called? It's it might be called it might be called Chef's Table, but I know there's like a different there's like different versions. Yep. The one we watched was like this barbecue one, and I don't know if it was called Chef's Table Barbecue or if it was some other barbecue show, but it came out this year during like peak quarantine time and it was pretty good there's some pretty interesting like uh you know barbecue chefs on there and whatnot pit masters mm -hmm. i think is what you call pit masters yes yeah a different title you're not a chef you're a pit yeah. master exactly uh it was pretty cool there's one lady um they might have been they i don't think they were in america i think they were in like mexico or south america or something but this one lady was like 80 years old and still like doing all the pitmaster stuff. I mean, like stoking the fire with a shovel and stuff. It was yes. pretty still going at it. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, there's no shortage of of, uh, of media on cooking because it's so great. And I would encourage everyone to try cooking new things, ruin it, eat it anyway because you cooked it and you don't want to waste it, and you'll get better over time. And have fun in the kitchen. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's, you know, I'll say one last thing is that's what I think I like about Sam, the cooking guy is because he, he preaches that like, you know, he's, as he's making something, he's like, oh, I'm using this or that or the other thing. But like, if you don't have this, just use something else. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's okay. It doesn't how much, how much do I put in about this much? I don't know. Yeah. About this much. Like you don't have this type of onion, use that type of onion. You don't have this pepper, use this, use that, whatever. It doesn't matter. Do you like it? Do you like how it tastes? Okay, use it. Buy the four hour chef, cook all the recipes and you'll be a great cook. Boom, all done. Well, thanks again for joining guys. Another episode, uh, you know, like, subscribe, comment, share, leave comments and tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll try and get on it. Boom, have a great rest of your day. Yep, peace.